1: Welcome. <laughs> That's all right. We're just uh, uh, a, a little way late uh, coming to the starting. A photo
0: up yeah. on a radio show. Yeah. That gives you some idea what the show's going to be like tonight. Thank God you're here tonight. To yeah, yeah, I know.
1: I know. A young kid, uh, he's uh, uh, he's wondering, why. how did I come in here tonight? Well, we but, all have faces for radio. Uh, for yeah. The, uh, no well, welcome, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio here on uh, a beautiful uh, Thursday night. Uh, uh, we we're here with uh, about to make a new friend here uh, on the radio show, but uh, uh, Justin, you've uh, you're coming in coming in tonight. Thanks for
2: being here. Yeah, a little bite in the weather tonight, but do you, know, you think? Yeah, it's okay. We're, we're looking good next week, so uh, you know, looking forward. Springs around the corner. Let's we're we're heading out on the good side. We're, heading out. we're on the we're on the back side. We're finishing up. Yep,
1: yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I'm not sure if Jenny's going to be coming in tonight. She was un- involved in a. And uh, a conference call of some sort. She said she's going to try to make it in, especially to 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 meet our guest. But uh, uh, we'll see if Jenny can meet us can can come in or not. But uh, here, joining us uh, all the way from uh, uh, on the other side of the bridge. Wow! Uh, holy cow! Uh, wow. Did you go through the tunnel? Uh? I,
3: did, I, I did. I did. I did the fly. I swam across. That oh, actually. that's very nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, uh, Dylan Fernandez is here. Uh, uh from the cape and islands uh Dylan, uh, thanks for coming in tonight.
3: It's good pleasure to be with you. We got to replace those bridges, by Don't the you way. Think? That's uh, they're a little outdated. Don't you they're think? A little outdated. <laughs> the Bourne Bridge won the best bridge of the year. I think it was in 1938. <laughs> uh So that's that's what we're dealing with. A little a little outdated. Wow. Wow. It,
0: Greg and I take the tunnel, so we're okay. Yeah. yeah. But actually, that helps us suicide prevention. If they take that bridge down, then that, that'll help. They got us one suicide. less bridge to jump off. You know.
3: Yeah. But yeah. Dylan, introduce yourself for the. Audience, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm Dylan Fernandez. I, uh, I'm from Falmouth, um, running for state Senate. I, I grew up in this area. Uh, I've long been in public service. I was actually the first person Maura Healy hired on her first ever campaign um, back when she was running for attorney general. Uh, I then went into the attorney general's office. I worked in the civil rights division there, enforcing Massachusetts civil rights laws around different types of discrimination you you name it but you know age gender race uh and the like and then i i quit that job ran for state representative uh at the old age of 26 and um <laughs> i've been doing that job for the past eight years
1: you realize the sweater is older than you are
3: yeah just, well, it's, just so we I, can determine. don't math. sell yourself what, 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 sure that's a good looking sweater well,
1: well th- thank you very much it's uh it's what my grandmother picked out for me uh, years ago. You know, we uh, keep track of it. But uh, uh, so you've been involved in um, in 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 some kind of touchy areas uh, in in your career, working with civil rights and all that. That's a yeah. That, there's a lot of different facets to that, I'm sure.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a bunch of different cases um, when I was there. Actually, one of them that came out uh, was age discrimination. Someone was just fired. Uh, And they told the person who was was a driver at a local dealership um, on the South shore. Yeah. uh, And they just told the person that they were too old to be continued driving. And they actually had that like well-documented. So it was about as clean a case as you could come up with. And that is (laughs) is about the definition of age discrimination you could could get. But, um, you know, a lot of times we wouldn't like We don't, When we were there we wouldn't want to go in and just sue people so this was an instance where we just had a mediation with the business where we said okay and the business once they realized what was what what had happened with an employee there they were they were very understanding and so then it it's more about um getting that person who was fired a little bit of compensation but also just as importantly just doing training for staff on what is legal what is not legal um, and so it, it never is one of those cases that never goes to a lawsuit, but has a pretty mutual, mutually beneficial sure. uh, ending. Yeah. yeah,
1: but that's that's, y- you know, we've been talking about it that that it's too bad that that more op- opposing sides don't get together and work things out. Justin and I have been talking about uh, Just he, in, his in, his in, his old followers and supporters, mm-hmm. and some of the old politicians would just get together, knuckle it out and yeah. then, then have a beer and there it is. it's done and, and yeah. you've
3: got an agreement. Now yeah. uh, Well, the good thing about I mean uh, politics in DC is a mess. The good thing about Massachusetts is that that still does happen today and that is nice. I, you know I work across the aisle very frequently work with any I'll work with anyone at yeah. the end of the day, I just really care about getting things done. That's why I'm in this line of work. Passed 30 bills through the House in seven years. It's like it's a lot of a lot of bills to get through in a, in a short amount of time. And it's because I'll work with anyone and collaborate with anyone right. if it means delivering for yeah. people. And, and so, and, and, I, and I, think I think that's, that's what happens.
2: That um, you know, especially with veterans, um, you know, you can't lose sight. And and we you know we talk we, off the air. We talk a lot about what politicians we would hope they would become, and it's. You can't lose sight that it's the veterans if it's a veteran issue. They're the people that you have to make sure uh, win if there's a win or a loser. There's no losers. The veteran has to win, and the the bill has to be able to be created so that veteran is able to get the benefits or services that they need. And especially I know the CAPE, um, because I sit on the Vietnam Veteran State Mm -hmm. Council, and I know the CAPE is really understaffed down there. Mm -hmm. there's a lot of Vietnam, especially Vietnam veterans down there who aren't getting the services they really need. Yeah,
3: it's a real problem. Not just the Cape, but also, you know, I represent Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some real challenges over there. Cape Cod actually has the highest percentage okay. of veterans uh, in the state. Yep. Um, so, And the South Shore is actually not that close. Behind high concentration here as well. It's it's a chronic it's a chronic issue. Sure. Um, you know when we talk about we we're talking about veterans issues around around veteran um, suicide earlier. Um, there's only you know that we have the safe program in the state uh, for uh, Barnstable County South Shore. There's only one designated person in that program.
0: That is a huge wow. problem.
3: Wow. Huge problem. Wow. Wow. And you know there was a, a report that came out in January actually just focus on veteran suicides in the commonwealth a big part of that is because of mental health issues associated with ptsd associated with other types of mental health issues associated with substance misuse issues Um, so a lot of factors go into the underlying causes of how you get there but some of the things that are proven to be efficacious and work are these peer-based programs where you do have peer-to-peer support you do have um, someone who knows your background, has been there with you, um, who you can turn to for help. And that's what the SAVE program is all about. And so um, one of the pieces recommended in this is that we expand the SAVE program because it's clearly understaffed um, at the state level today. So that's something, you know, I'm going to be pushing for um, and something that we need and, and something that the report just highlighted.
2: Now, uh, do you know how many uh, vet centers there are? Are there any on the Cape at all? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, there's one in Hyannis. Yeah, oh yeah, there's one, one in Hyannis. There's I one Hyannis, yep. Which again, well, well, need to like have. one in Hyannis, right? Yeah, That's it. You know? yeah.
3: And so we've actually, so there's one in Hyannis, which is like the main one. Yep. Um, and on Cape Cod. You know, the Cape Cod, Cape Cod's huge, right? In terms of a so geographic if you're in, you're area. B-town, you live in
2: town. You got to drive to yeah. Hyannis to, to go to the vet center. You're talking an hour and a half, yeah. sometimes two hours.
3: For me, I live in Falmouth, right? It takes me longer to get to Provincetown than it does to get to Boston. Yeah. Way easier for so. Geographically, it's a real challenge, and then Barnstable, Hyannis, uh, it's just kind of the the center of the bicep, if you will, of the Cape. So a lot of the regional services just end up there because it is the most central location, um, but it does present challenges for people who live on the outer arms of the Cape, if you will, because it's geographically isolated. But we've been working in Falmouth. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Falmouth guy. We've been working there to establish a local veteran center in the town of Falmouth. And so a group there has bought um, from the town, purchased the old senior center, Okay. And so now they're looking to establish their own home with wraparound services right there in town. In town. And so that won't only be just, you know, I, their vision is. That's not only just going to be for them, but also for people who in in that area as mm-hmm. well, and you know that includes you know people on on the vineyard who might need help. I was going to say um, they, they can just jump up on the boat and jump right across, yeah. and, and go to yeah. Falmouth,
1: get their services, and get back on the uh, boat again. Yeah,
3: but the vineyard needs help too, and so we've yeah, been working. Exactly. Um, over there with with Bob Tankard. I don't know if you know him. He's, he's, he's not a been on the show yet. Okay, he's he, he's a good guy. He, you'd actually he's, he's, he's a hot ticket too. So you, uh, I should connect you. But he he runs veteran services on. On the vineyard, we actually yeah, got you know,
1: them. Would love to. hey, Great. So now you have an open invitation yeah. for yourself. Oh, you? Oh, by the way, bring uh, yeah. Bring Bob along yeah, as well. That'd he, be great. Yeah.
3: He. Uh, so we're working with him, and we got them a grant in not last year's budget, but the year before, uh, to do a plan on having a veterans, setting up a veterans home on on the vineyard, um, because they need they needed a lot more services yeah. over there, and as you can imagine. The big, the big issue, right, are, is is around housing sure. and well, land prices down there are, are quite expensive. Um, yeah, and so yeah. this was the first step in doing the plans for the. you to find someone
1: really philanthropic.
3: Fil- yeah. Exactly, you know that need
1: the, the, you know that a big, 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 big name of which there are many, many down there. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, we can help you a little bit here, uh, WATD, but. For now, Larry, why don't we take us away here for the first break, and uh, we'll be back along with uh, with our friend Dylan here, and uh, uh, to be talking about some uh, events going on down the Cape. So take it away, lad. We'll be back after these messages.
0: Yeah. Uh, well,
1: well, well, welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio, here with uh, Dylan Fernandez. Uh, uh, just uh, up from uh, uh, a, a wonderful, uh, nice scenic ride from uh, from Falmouth. Uh, 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 welcome, Dylan. It's your first time uh, joining us here on the uh, on the Veterans Voice, but uh, you've been interacting with some of the uh, veterans' programs uh, uh, while you've been el- uh, elected and been been seeing uh, uh, kind of the state of the state mm-hmm. and. Uh, one of the the big issues that we have here is uh, the veteran suicide program. Mm-hmm. We know that uh, since nine uh, eleven, approximately seven thousand U.S. soldiers have been killed in action, but one hundred and forty thousand have taken their lives by suicide. So it's something that we talk about frequently, and with the population of senior vets and vets on the on the Cape, uh, what do you see, or, or do you? See, do you interact with some com- with activity, um, committees and such mm-hmm. that might, might help to address this horrible situation?
3: Yeah. yeah. No, we, we – uh, I meet very frequently with the, the Cape veterans, um, and, and we try to address their needs. We try to get them more funding. And actually, if you look at the amount of funding that they get for the, the, the high uh, population that they serve – um, they they should be getting more dollars compared to uh, the service centers and in other places. And so we've been working as the with a bipartisan Cape delegation yeah. to try and get to try and get them more funding because they do they do a lot they do a lot. They, you know, it's, 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 it's everything. It's yeah. wraparound, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's food, it's, it's housing. Well, uh, cause that's shelter. what it is.
1: It's many, it's yeah. many things. It's not just one thing. Right. You know, Wolfie goes out with a little bit of food and, and we talk about a career, but you need, you need a job. Yeah. You need some education. You need transportation. Yeah. You need, you need all of these yeah. things to make the balance work. Yeah. And, uh, the Cape has limited resources, I yeah. would think, because of its seasonality, but a huge draw for the veterans' yeah. population.
3: It's really about, I think, having a dedi- like personal dedicated case managers who can help yeah. out with a whole host of things yeah. and not just being siloed to help out with one thing. sure. Because, because sure. it's almost always... A bunch of a bunch of issues that need to, yeah. that need help yeah you know i think fundamentally among them is is help with with mental health and so um because that underlies so much for so many people and so we've done a lot around mental health services in the state uh we've finally this not uh, this past session but the session before it passed a big mental health bill to get it mental health parity in the state for too often insurance companies would cover you right away if you got a broken arm, but they wouldn't treat, you know, unseen wounds in the same way and reimburse in the same, in the same way. So it was really important that we, you know, we pass stronger legislation to get at that parity issue, have reimbursement for things like outpatient care. I mean, health is
1: such a, such an underlying pro problem. Uh, I I saw an article on television, uh, uh, just yesterday, uh, uh, and it was a, 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 a couple of Marshfield police officers. Uh, they went in on a domestic violence uh, situation. Um, they both got attacked, but but what what kind of uh, enlightened me was they had a mental health counselor with them. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, some somewhere, I guess, and and the uh, chief Tavares from Marshfield was on there talking about. Uh, these programs now and the first responders they have to it, it it's it's a tough situation for them out there
3: yeah it's a real challenge one of the biggest problems i think we've done as a country and you see it here in massachusetts is instead of we we and we were talking about this before we went on air i mean we've We've given a lot of our mental health issues. We've put them into our criminal justice system instead of treating them as mental health issues yeah. and with mental health professionals. Yeah. And so we overburden our first responders with being mental health professionals. when in reality, what we need is this like continuum, r- continuum wraparound service of care, just dedicated to helping people get better with with their mental health issues, so that they're not. Um, ending up in our criminal justice system, which, by the way, if you have mental health issues and then end up in our criminal justice system, (laughs) that's only going (laughs) to exacerbate your mental health issues. Don't you think, huh? um, Justin, you've talked about that uh, frequently.
2: Yeah, we always, I mean, our statistics were, again, 90s and 2000s with 85% inmates with drug and alcohol-related crimes. And with that, obviously, was mental health. I mean, we saw a big upswing coming out of the 80s uh, with with mental health in the uh, corrections, uh, and I'm sure at the county they probably saw the same thing, and it it just, you know, it's one of those things. Just how do you get a handle on it? Because, you know, you, it's 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 a three headed dragon type thing. You've got to secure the facility. You've got to make sure that not only are the inmates safe, but the staff are safe. And then you're trying to balance what the violence is it from mental health or is it just violence mm-hmm. for another? Well, avenue?
1: and is that a challenge? uh with the housing yeah. uh, uh complexes yeah. that well you want to be safe for veterans you know you want a clean and sober house mm-hmm. but a lot of the vets they're not clean and sober yeah and yeah. you know without treating them well maybe they don't want to be treated mm-hmm. maybe they like the way they are so it's a real it's a it's a catch 22 mm-hmm. for the For the providers, I'm I'm sure. I'm just looking at it from the outside, luckily. yeah.
2: You know, and one thing that, you know, we talked earlier, but I I would like to see more on the Cape. I I mean, I know we talk about these coffees that every town will have, and being on the, quote, mainland, it's easier because most cities and towns have a veteran service officer, and they can create these coffees so that— the veteran that may not.
1: Killing is looking come. at you with the with with uh, with. What, you, what the hell, you What are you talking? No, I've been what I've been you, to them.
3: Um, I've been to a Joe. We do a Joe Q one Joe. in Falmouth. Actually. Oh, do you really? Yeah, yeah, I've been to it. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. but yeah, so I know about it. All right,
1: but what <laughs> I right.
2: what I'd like to see though is maybe reach really get those away from the Falmouth and the Hyannis and get yeah. them into some of the smaller communities. Maybe get uh, a first responder to to run one at a fire station, a house, yeah. or a counseling on agent. You know, that's. Where you might get the veterans, because we talked earlier about just taking the boat over to Falmouth for, for treatment, but a lot of the older veterans can't drive. They can't drive at night, and the expense of bringing a vehicle, I know yeah. what it costs in the summertime, you're going to bring a vehicle here and back, it's just not... It's
1: well, then we got to bring the services to them, but you right. can't because of the cost... Involved in uh, yeah. housing service uh, establishments, yeah. Well We got a good job yeah.
0: for you. Uh, Chuck got us out onto the pier at Provincetown. We did a food drive-through for vets. We sold out in about an. hour. It's free, yeah. but we sold oh, out free. in about an hour out there. So if you set that up again, we'll bring a trailer down there. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah.
3: I mean, and you you talked about. I mean, you you brought up the other big issue on this. You know, there's mental health, and then we have huge housing challenges. Huge, so. like. So I, you know, Nantucket. I represent Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard, and Falmouth. Average home price on hmm. Nantucket. You want to guess what it is? Uh, mm-hmm.
1: is one point four. Mi- I be- is it over a couple million? Maybe it's, it's
3: around five right now. Around
1: five. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, excuse yeah, yeah, me.
3: Yeah, yeah. five. So how that? And they have a large really veteran a, population out, on Nantucket Ooh, as well. A lot of retired um, admirals and generals. Yeah, though, but yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. But they, and their, their, uh, their gravesite there is actually pretty remarkable and they've restored it all but anyway. So so and then on the vineyard your average is is, is hovering around two million, Falmouth, the Cape, it's around seven hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. Normal people cannot afford to live in these places. Right. And so everyone, you know, I've faced housing insecurity most of my adult life there. Anyone in my age right, range, right, it's almost yeah. impossible to afford a place there sure. and so people but also people want to downsize they can't find a place it is a very very challenging place and retirees uh, to find a, place. So a lot look, of veterans who yeah. have
2: retired uh, you know did their service now they went on to work now they're retired they can't afford to stay on the
0: cape
3: yep yep it's a real problem and so uh we need to address it we have this is like, if we don't address our lack of affordability, it's going to erode our communities far faster than the ocean will and this down is, there. And this is bigger um, than
1: just a veterans uh, problem. I mean, we, we yeah. concentrate on veterans,
3: but yeah. housing just yeah. is out of sight and out yeah. of reach for well, so many and people. A, and a lot of veterans are housing insecure. Oh, um, for sure. And so, um, uh, we, we
1: just yeah. had, uh, three weeks ago, we had the... Uh, the folks from VASH, the VA-supported housing on. Mm-hmm. And they talk about uh, Susan Price and, and and
3: all that that group from You just from got Brock them some and,
0: dough, so take a bow. Yeah. You just got them a big yeah. chunk of dough for about 10 of those veteran housing yeah. places. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: And, uh, and and now um, I believe the Dennis' uh, home is open now. The Chelsea, Chelsea, I don't know if you've been to Chelsea, but it's beautiful. Our, our um,
1: engineer's father yeah. is at
3: Chelsea. Okay, yeah. it's and, That just and opened up. It's really nice. Was,
1: he and I were just talking yeah. A, 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 about it uh, before the show went on and and he was talking to his father his father's laying in bed and, and now he's about a, a, a 85 90 year old veteran you know and uh, uh he he says to Larry, Larry says well how's your roommate Larry says uh, his father says well I, I don't see any 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 roommate he said Larry said no Dad, there's no bed. You don't have a roommate. <laughs> They're all private rooms yeah, at Chelsea yeah, now. Yeah. That's great. It, it's and his father yeah. is just so happy and comfortable yeah. and safe. Yeah. And,
2: I, and I can tell you from personal experience. I was there in nineteen seventy two as a patient at Chelsea. When I came back from overseas. Yeah, yeah it's a whole different world. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's no, a whole it's a different
3: world. It's very different. Um and so you know, but we need to. We need a lot more around housing. There's a big housing bill in front of the state house right now. One component of it that I like is this accessory dwelling unit uh, by right rule. Um, basically, like an in-law yeah. apartment by yeah. right. These kind of smaller things. And so, California did this, uh, and in one year of passing it, they had thirty to forty thousand new units. Um, and these are the type of size place where it's already on developed land, right? So yeah. you're not cutting down a bunch of trees. They're smaller so that people, you know, people of the younger generation can actually afford them. Seniors who want to downsize, as we were, yeah. you were just talking about, that's, I mean, they're literally called an in-law apartment for a reason, oh, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's where your yeah, in-laws yeah. to move in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I see this as being like a really strong component of The housing bill to have a lot more housing in this area without cutting down a lot of trees and making it, you know, for for, and meeting that need. And then we also have a huge missing middle right now, too, where people can't make a little too much. To qualify for affordable, you know, a lot of our town employees, your your firefighters, your police officers, your teachers, they make a little too much to qualify for capital A affordable, but then our market is so out of whack that there's no way they can compete in that either. And so I think we really need to raise that AMI, that area median income threshold on what we call capital A affordable so that people, so that more middle class people can actually afford to live in the place they grew up in and, and love.
1: Boy, well, I mean, we could spend uh, the rest of the night talking about just the housing problem, yeah, but yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that, Dylan. It's a, it's a big problem we need to address, but uh, at this point, Larry, why don't we take a halftime break, and uh, we'll be back after these messages to learn more about what's going on uh, down in the Cape and the islands uh, with uh, our new friend, Dylan Fernandez. Take it away, Larry. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio here, talking about what's going on with the Cape and the Islands. And uh, although it's uh, miles away, there's uh, uh, so many of uh, the similar problems down there facing the veterans' population. And uh, we were just talking about housing and uh, uh, the the problems with housing, Uh, uh, Dylan. I'm I'm, I'm sure there's a a reluctance on developing too much land down the cape uh yeah. you know i mean it's a catch-22 uh nobody wants to develop in my backyard but mm-hmm. we need to have some new house maybe otis uh, is there some space there perhaps uh it's you, interesting you could, uh, say
3: that actually that that has been brought country. up uh yeah yeah that has been brought up recently you know look i think um i don't think it's just true of the cape i think it's true everywhere. If we're going to build housing, we need to be really smart about how we're doing it. Yeah. There are a lot of places that are ripe for redevelopment, places that are already paved over yeah. that uh, you don't have to cut down a single tree to, to build more housing on. And so that's what I would like to see. Um, and we're seeing that where down where I live, where we're rezoning part of the downtown so that we're not cutting down trees and building housing, but we're building housing and apartments on, on top of existing parking lots. And it actually, um, you know, it comes along, aligns with the aesthetic yeah, of the in- downtown. Interesting, yeah, um, yeah. And so it's closer to the street. Yeah. Sometimes it'll it'll be multi-use, so you'll have shops on the first floor and then apartments yeah. above. And it, it's actually in the historic character of the area. You go back and look at all of the, our, our towns from the 1700s, sure. that's what they looked like. Right. They were higher dense, high, more highly dense in, in downtown areas with shops uh, on the bottom, apartments up top. Um, so not only is it keeping with the character, but we're doing it in a place where it's already built out, so we're, not, mixed use. we're preserving the environment. This mixed use right.
1: space that's yeah. that's perfect, and even to the uh, fact that you're creating jobs mm-hmm. while the folks are living upstairs.
3: Yeah, and it's better It's better for your property tax rates too. Sure. So the more commercial space you have, yeah, the more it alleviates sure. homeowners from uh, paying property tax. And
2: what about towns and cities? I know in my town, we've got town buildings, they call them, and they really don't, they're not utilized. They really could condense them down into one building and take those other buildings and create... Either housing or something else. Yeah. I just wonder how many towns in the on the Cape have those vacant s- town buildings that they could either sell the property off or redevelop those properties for for that housing. Yeah,
3: yeah, I know. And towns I, don't want to give yeah. up
2: that property. Sometimes they, you know, they're holding those abandoned buildings, or they have two offices. Because They're not creating any more empty space. Well, so well, to speak. well, they have two offices, yeah. and yeah. maybe there's forty empty rooms. And I just don't understand that. Sometimes I know my my town. I'm always fighting with that. Is we have, we have an abandoned – we built a brand-new high school, so what do they do with the old high school? Well, let's knock it down. Well, we have three other town buildings. Get all those people. Put them in the other school. Now you have three buildings you can do something with.
3: Yeah. It just, yeah. And I think from uh from the state's perspective, too, there's a lot of state properties um, that are existing yeah. that have – really no use at the moment. And so one one piece of, that the administration's been looking at is identifying all of these pieces of property and then working with both towns and local nonprofits to see how those can be developed into into housing. There's more than enough space. Yeah.
1: There's more than enough on you. I mean, the Taunton Hospital, it used There's to be, be the Taunton Hospital break. for the ex- yeah. Insane. Yeah. Great, great title for, a, I know. you know, whatever. But I mean, yeah. they have buildings and buildings empty just sitting there
2: waiting for someone to rescue them. I think Middle, I I believe I go the back roads through Middleborough and there's a, looks like an old hospital that's been abandoned for forever and all that property Mm -hmm. is
3: just sitting there. So that's why I think you know, I I think it's actually a false choice between uh, taking up more land uh, and cutting down forests and building housing. I think we have enough abandoned properties or properties that are ripe for redevelopment, that we can do this in a smart way, meet our housing needs, uh, and also preserve our environment. Because we, you know, these these are also really environmentally sensitive areas. There's a lot of places, I represent three places that have sole source aquifers. And so making sure that that water is protected, which is the lifeblood of the area is really important. They're going
1: through a big thing here in Marshfield now, and there's signs up that that I that stop the big dig is <laughs> what they're calling it, <laughs> and because of the uh, the, uh, the the train uh, ramifications and the MBTA that that if you, you if you have a train station, you have to set up so much housing, public housing. Yeah. Well, here in Marshfield, it's on the aquifer.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: and and so they they're really fighting like crazy because they're afraid of what's going to go on on the ground. Yeah, and
2: also you know it's it, it's great that we talk about you know more housing, but when you add more housing, it really taxes those cities and towns, especially if you don't include businesses, your schools, you know now are impacted because if you bring in two hundred new homes and there's another three hundred children, and so that you impact your schools, you impact the and it's not really driving much more revenue. You're not getting in the tax revenue where, if you bring in, I like the concept, businesses on one floor and mm-hmm. maybe two floors, of, you get both taxes coming in.
3: Yeah. I mean, ideally, from a town perspective, you want around 25 to 30% of the real estate in town to be commercial to help alleviate the tax burden. Yeah. Um, that's just a, you know, it's different for every place, yeah. but that's generally speaking, that's kind yeah. of what you want. Look
1: at the transformation in Wolfie's Town. How? Right now, the schools are, are are being decimated. There's no kids left in Hull because mm-hmm. there's no families that can afford to live there. Yeah. It's now all the big money yuppies from yep. Boston that are taking the boats in, yep. and 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 it's uh, yeah, you know, me and Wolfie and our little rowboats, uh, we're we're not welcome <laughs> I, I, I anymore. And, and the and the kids <laughs> that are there, they go to private school. They're not going to go to the public school.
2: Oh, oh interesting. You know. Yeah,
1: it, it, I mean, well, it it. Howe was always an affordable bedroom community uh hard working families and stuff yeah. but but it's, it's, the the schools are, are, are the the sports programs are being decimated they have no kids yeah, yeah. uh the eighth grade class uh in howe has about two hundred and thirty people I think thirty of them are boys, and the rest are girls
0: each class is only fifty kids, yeah. The whole wow. junior high school is maybe two thirty or something. They combine the high school. Yeah. There's only 30, 40 kids in the class. Yeah. So, so the
1: they difference, combine with Cohasset. You know, the difference in the in the pricing, you know, Wolfie, uh, houses when, when we were kids were, you know. Don't uh, even tell me. I don't want to know. Even know. 12, well, they were, beat, they were beach houses. They were summer <laughs> yeah. homes that were converted. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. like Southie. You know, the the three-deckers in, in Southie yeah. used to sell for... Fifty thousand for oh, all three floors. Gosh. Now, now <laughs> it's a quarter of a million oh, per gosh. floor, it's, yeah. if if, if, it's if, if not more. Four. So <laughs> housing, housing is a problem. It's it's you got to have the right situation, and it, and I bet a whole team of people really need to put their heads yeah. together to to yeah. to solve
3: the or attack the issue, not and even solve it. There's no easy solution to it. So, but there's three main components of it, right? One is this water quality issue. So, you need to make sure that you're doing it in a way that doesn't damage the environment. And that means that you, you want it really to be on, on sewer. Yep. And, like, make sure, make sure that any new building is on sewer at a minimum so you're not damaging uh, the environment and, and all that waste is going into to the water. Then, it's also important that you have smart zoning too. You know, you're not going to build your way out of this uh, with three acre zoning, right? Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's no. just not going to happen. Nope. I mean, that's, so by then, zoning, you yeah.
1: mean that that, that, that um, allowing people to build on smaller parcels of land in a, uh, or well, different
3: size pieces? Yeah, I mean, like, I think it makes more sense for, thing, for, for these developments or, or new housing to be built in downtown areas. Where it's where the density the actually makes sense, there. like and the services are there, so you can you know walk to work, you can get access to transportation, um, and it fits the local aesthetic because a lot of our downtowns are already built like this, sure. where it is yeah. uh, a little more a little more dense, and then it could op- open you up to having um, commercial properties on the first floor and and having that be a component of it too. So I think that's important, and but a lot of that comes down to uh, to, to zoning and yep. local zoning yep. and what and what different areas are zoned for. So at least I know in my own town, they've been doing a lot of work on rezoning parts of the downtown to to help uh, uh, developers be able to come in and yep. build more housing that meets the local aesthetic. And, yep. and it's, it's, they're not cutting down a single ma- tree ma- in the maybe process. Maybe some small home, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I think, well, that's where the accessory dwelling units yeah, come in. Yeah. And I think that's you know that's really important because these are you know these are like under it these are around a thousand square feet sure. at their at their yeah. biggest yeah. right um, and they come in and if you if you have it with universal you know zo- universal kind of zoning for these little units where it's the same in almost every town in terms yeah. of these little you know, thousand square feet pieces. That means that the people who build them can make them really easily and really cheaply. So if you look at the prices of these in States that have done this, you can get one of these units for under a hundred thousand dollars, which is like pretty wow. remarkable wow. considering. I mean, you and can that's because the, you, you can get the tax yeah. involved. Yeah, exactly. And, and so that's because you're there. They're, they're scalable, they're yes, very scalable. not, not like right now, because ADU, Bylaws are different for every town. A lot of them are very onerous. They're they're just like these boutique things yeah. that you have to do on your own. My my parents, my mom, uh, her home put in one, and it, it cost a lot of money, a lot more than a hundred thousand dollars, just for a little uh, you know in-law apartment. Yeah. Um, but if someone came in with a prefab thing that they could just connect on, um, you know, it, it scales and it drops down the price significantly.
1: Interesting. Well, that's uh, we'll we'll continue that uh, conversation, and and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the Hero Act. But right now, Larry, why don't we take our last break, and uh, we'll come back. We're gonna talk about the Hero Act as well as uh, what's going on uh, down in Hull this weekend. We got some uh, some events going on, so uh, we'll talk about it after the break. So, Larry, take it away, kid, and we'll be back after these messages. Welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host uh, here at Veterans Voice Radio, here to uh, with our new good friend uh, Dylan Fernandez up from the Cape. But uh, before we run uh, too close to uh, uh, the uh, the closing bell here, uh, I know our buddy Wolfie has uh, uh, some things going on both tomorrow and Saturday that you want to share with yeah, everybody. Yeah, with absolutely.
0: Him? Tomorrow's the Hall Veteran uh, uh, Coffee. And the reason we call it the Hull Veteran Coffee is so Jason J- um, Justin can figure out where the hell it is. It's in Hull. Oh, I know Again, I'm in Westport. Yeah, I'm in Westport tomorrow. And the Westport Coffee. Too. The Westport Coffee's <laughs> in Hull too. But this one's at the, this is at the Hull Life Save Museum at 1117 Nantasket Ave, and that's the original building of the Coast Guard and the original surfboat from Joshua James is in there. So it's really cool. And also there's a it's going to be free. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. We start with the national anthem. Everyone sings really loud so they don't hear my voice. <laughs> That's really not fair. <laughs> and then we have Taps. Um, uh, Butch Neal's um, wife passed away, so she, we'll have a moment of silence for her. And then um, the Vetty is going to be for Jim Richmond. He's, he worked hard to earn that. And then Fox News did a story on the case in Young, a Fletching Class destroyer. And it's uh, like a 40-minute program about the whole thing, so it's going to be a really professional, nice video about the Case and Young. And then we have um, um, Jubear, Billy Joubert was on the Case and Young. He's an old-timer, so we're picking him up. The boys are picking him up, and he's got some real war stories. It's going to be a little salty. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to be really fun. And then... um, I talked about the art show. You see that for free, the sea and sky exhibit, which is really good. And then there's a state funded. I get so mixed up. You guys mm-hmm. are giving too much money to the veterans. All right, cut back. You're screwing <laughs> me, Greg and I up with all the programs that you have. So one of these is the mass health funded one. That's the adult family care. So you can talk about that mm-hmm. later. Explain what that is a whole lot better. So there's a person. Sure understand? Can't so <laughs> yeah. even yeah. my computer says they don't understand me, and <laughs> I have that no problem. idea how to get no do respect, Wolfie. But yeah, that's that's about correct. Um, but the, so that's on March first on Friday, and then Saturday is the snow row and how or some crazy people go out in the boats this. in the middle of the winter. The Wolf family is going to be in one boat, yeah, right. and it's a commuter boat, so it's warm and and dry and nice and safe, and there'll be some snacks and food on that. So that's free to veterans, family, and friends. And that's going to be a 10-30 right at the gut, at the very end where the high school is. Greg will be refereeing a basketball game. I will be. So if you get hit in the head with a basketball. <laughs> I will throw you out of the gym. That's a five-minute penalty right there <laughs> in the penalty box. So seriously, the, come, come down to the um, – it's the big pontoon. What do you call it? The catamaran um, – Commuter boat. They're beautiful yeah. boats. So, and they follow the race around, and everyone gets to yell at me and, and throw things. So it's worth it. So it's just, just a, a,
1: ga- a, a gathering, a get-together that, uh, you know, is there any charge for this, Wolfie?
0: Uh, no, um, no. For the veterans and family, is no charge. For the for non-veterans, there is a charge. All right. And the race goes off a little bit before 12, and you'll be back before 1 o'clock. And then there's hot drinks and soups and what, all and that what time do you leave? 10.30. 1030, 10.30, leave the pier. So, yeah, be at Pemperton Pier it is at the Hull High School, which which is, uh, what's that, uh, Main Street, like 130 Main Street. Just go driving. If you end yeah. up in the gut, you yeah, can stop. turn around. Stop when the tires are a <laughs> yeah. foot deep in the water. Stop. You'll be right there. And it's actually a heck of a sight. There's over 100 handmade wooden rowboats, You know, some pretty fast rowboats, too, and life-saving boats, which is beautiful to see that on the beach and see them take off. It's a Le Mans start. The boat's back out. You run down the beach, jump in the boats, back out, smash into each other, turn around, <laughs> row around Sheep Island and Paddocks Island and back. So you see the race the whole way. So it's really fun. And then there's some nice snacks afterwards. So come on down on Saturday, March, March Second. 2nd. And it's at Pempton Pier, Snow Row, free for veterans, family, and friends. Just say Greg sent me, and Jimmy Richmond will be checking in at the door.
1: Uh, they'll all—they'll all, they'll no, all no. be there. All the—all uh, the volunteers. The whole volunteers really help uh, make our food drives uh, uh, the success that they have been. Our next one is coming up in March. I think it's March fourteenth, Wolfie, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. fourteen. Yeah. So um, you know, I was talking to somebody that uh, when we first started them that. Uh, we were running them from twelve uh, noon time until two in the afternoon, and yeah, now people are lined up at nine yeah, thirty, ten uh, o'clock. Yeah, uh, driving through at ten thirty, and we're all done and cleaned up by. Eleven thirty, twelve o'clock yeah, now. That's, so it's that's uh,
0: six, seven thousand pounds of food. Wow. We figured out. Greg actually got the idea for COVID, So we still don't let anyone out of the cars. They drive through. Tommy mm-hmm. Tomatoes and <laughs> and Ernie Minelli. They're all there. They go. How many people? In the family? How many families? They Don't to We don't care. We fill the car. Yeah. And, and so, it, <laughs> we so just fill yeah. the whole car. So we have boxes
1: and bags of all kinds of foodstuffs wow. and and now we've got uh, some donations coming from the uh Pepsi- the Plymouth Com- Plymouth County uh yes. House of Correction mm-hmm. their uh their greenhouse aquaponic program is donating yeah. uh fresh vegetables now and see, we have the ability to take a, a a group or a bulk items and portion them out in bags and boxes mm-hmm. and hand them directly into the people that need them most yeah. So we don't have a whole lot of distribution channels, and 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 Wolfie and I have been going out there to to try to drum up some more food from companies that we could stop by maybe on Tuesday or Wednesday and pick mm-hmm. up uh, some of their overages and extra. And we have uh, already one freezer. We've got another freezer uh, coming online pretty soon. That's going yeah, to allow us to because... uh, go out to restaurants and. Yep you know well, whatever, but w- we started this because we thought food was gonna be a problem for mm-hmm. a few months mm-hmm. that was three years ago, exactly now,
3: does the Boston food bank help with this, too no Nothing. yeah, and for that you That's know the political the, source bar yeah they okay.
1: you know their their demand is so up, yeah, and their produce they they their supplies are so yeah, low.
3: Yeah. No, we've seen this everywhere. Yeah. And so it, it's a real problem. Food insecurity has become a real problem. We thought that uh, during the pandemic, that was that was kind of the peak. Yeah. We've seen it go up. Sure. Actually, since then. Yeah. Um, and a lot of places that I represent currently, um, a lot of the service centers are struggling uh, to keep food on the shelves. Absolutely. And, so, there's, yeah. and yeah. so they've, you know. Uh, and so they, they all get their, the bulk of their food um, from the Boston Pantry. But because uh, even they've been struggling recently, yep. they've had to go to other sources. And sure. so there's been a lot of local farms the, that have pitched in, yep. uh, which is nice because it's really direct, local, fresh produce. So that's been a real positive. But, you know, we thought that this might be a blimp. Of we've always had some level of food insecurity, right? Yeah, yeah. But We thought that during the pandemic it would be a blimp of going up, but no, it's, it's a sustained. You, you, so problem.
1: you're seeing in constituents as well.
3: Yeah, the entire Cape and Islands, yeah, the entire the entire region. And so I think that tracks with what you're seeing, sure. um, and just shows the, the level of need out there. And I think it's there's so many different factors on how our state has become too unaffordable for too many people that we know we already talked about housing child care is another huge issue too i mean there's a lot of issues where this is a state that has been priced out for too many people yeah and we need the government needs to do a whole lot of a better job
1: have you got i mean you're a young kid you're smart kid you've been out there have you got some ideas, are, are there some ideas floating around that that you hear or maybe some unique ideas that you think might help solve the problem? If yeah. not solve it, maybe put another brick in the wall of the problem? Yeah,
3: well, we talked a lot about, I think housing is one of the bigger underlying things. I won't, I won't spend too much more time on that, but the, the allowing middle-class families to qualify for a lot of this, I think will go a really long way. Child care one of the things we need to do this session that I'm supportive of is give universal child care to, to people who can't afford it. Because um, right now we have this thing where a lot of people, someone in the family is deciding to stay home instead of going to work because they actually uh, uh, spent make less money at work than the cost of child care. And so that actually ends up hurting our state's economic competitiveness and the like. And so having early education and chair, and care be affordable for people. There's a couple of bills on that right now uh, that I'm supportive of. And then the cost of, of higher ed. Uh, well, I think you uh, well. thankfully,
1: we, the, the governor has passed uh, the, the, the lunch program
3: and, and oh, breakfast sure. program for, yeah.
1: for all the public school kids yeah. uh, that, that are out there. Oh, that, I think
3: that's one of the proudest things we did this session. Sure. So, free meals for kids in school. There's a lot of ki- getting to our point about food insecurity. You can't learn in school. You're just thinking about how hungry you are. Yeah. You know, you kids, especially from different types of backgrounds, bring so much they're carrying with them to school, you know, and then trying to learn. If they're coming to school carrying with them all this stuff and are hungry and just thinking about food, they're not gonna learn. So This was, you know, that's a really important piece. I know you want. We want to talk well, about. Well, Dylan, the I hero wanna,
1: uh, We're getting yeah. towards the end of the show. Uh, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, Dylan. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, what's your your office number or the steakhouse? What would be the best yeah. way for folks to get in touch with well, you? Well,
3: so just go to dylanfernandez.com. And right on the D Y L A N, like Bob Dylan. My parents were hippies, and uh, so I was yeah, telling yeah, these yeah, guys, like, um, no. and uh, so I'm. Uh, <laughs> Tell your
2: mom when we were <laughs> which stuff. So I'm
3: like the one like Welsh Portuguese guy <laughs> that exists. So like my mom because. Bob Dylan, my, uh, my mom's family is Welsh, so Wales, Dylan Thomas, yeah. who Bob Dylan was named after. Yeah. Um, so that's, we spell it the right way, D Y L A N. No yeah. offense to the D I L L O Ns out there, but the D Y L A N's the right way. And then Fernandez, of course, uh, you know, Portuguese. <laughs> they came over from the Azores four generations ago. Um, and then my, my cell is 508 257 1174 if people want to reach out or just Dylan. Spelled D Y L I N at DylanFernandez.com. And they can you know, also call the,
2: uh, up at the Statehouse and get yeah. you
3: up there. And the Statehouse. Yeah, if you just Google Dylan Fernandez, the first number and email that, that come up are right up the, the Statehouse site. Um, so I'm pretty easy to try I'm very yeah. easy to track down. Very good. Very yeah. good.
1: Well, now we know where you live, Dylan. And yeah. uh, we you know where we live yeah so if 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 you want to stop in at some other time and say hello we always sometimes we have two or three or four or five more people here in the in the studio audience, so yeah. you're always welcome, please give us a call let us know what's going on down the cape and if there's anything that we can do to help you promote you know your causes down there, please keep in touch with us and uh you know use our use our voice if you can
3: thank you my pleasure it's been an honor to be with you guys. I will come back. I am a big supporter of the HERO Act, which I know yeah. we want to talk about. Exactly. Big legislation on Beacon Hill, really a, a, a comprehensive bill to support our veterans. So that's something we need to keep pushing too. Sounds great.
1: Well, uh, yeah, we need to we need to bring that up right yeah. away. But uh, uh, Wolfie, thanks uh, for coming in tonight, brother. Again, thanks for doing all of... that you do. Good luck over the weekend.
0: Thank you. Thank Ho- you. Hope you have, If my uh, kids roll hard, I'll do well. Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. And uh, Justin, thanks. Can we man. have coffee
2: tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, Westport free coffee
1: Sounds on Route good. Six BFW. Sounds good, everybody, and uh, we thank you, Larry. Thanks for keeping us uh, 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 on the on the on the good ship uh, tonight. And uh, uh, Dylan, thanks a lot for coming in and uh, bearing with. Uh, our redevelopment project going on here. So, That's uh, good to me. The next yeah. time you come in, we'll uh, we'll be all <laughs> the set. The
0: redevelopment project, Justin and I. <laughs> see, he yeah. fit right in with Joan Machino. She was Stern Man on her father's lobster boat. So, uh,
1: you guys right? Be, yeah. yeah. Hey, no love Rowan. Rowan's yeah. a blast. Rowan's great. Larry, once again, brother, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back next week to uh, 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 highlight. Next week's guest will be none other... Oh, Ben Franklin School of uh, Technology. That'll be a great uh, career school, uh, two-year career programs with great uh, 100% uh, placement for veteran graduates uh, at Ben Franklin. So uh, thanks, everybody. We'll uh, take it away for next week. And uh, be careful, everybody, and, and, and have a great weekend. Take care.
0: Everybody here, seen my old friend John. Can you tell me where he's gone? He freed a lot of people, but it seemed good they die young. I just looked around.